Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Hallelujah. We're going to start tonight. In fact, I named this the remnant of the people. You know, I'm always talking about the fact that there's there's a, a remnant that God is, is bringing out, uh, out of the church, and he's bringing that remnant forth, and, and he's doing it in, in, in our time, and in, this is the hour in which he's doing it. And I think it's really neat to, to 
examine and begin to realize where God's bringing us from to take us to, because there, there's a great a possibility that, uh, that uh, a lot of people aren't going to make it through all this. And the reason is, is because they have standing before them choices to be made. And, of course, the Lord God uh, isn't backward about saying, choose life or choose death. And uh, because this day, this day that we stand in, we're truly in the midst of all that. Most of the church is sound asleep, uh, uh, don't, doesn't think that there's anything going on, doesn't think anything's going to go on, and so they just uh, snore away. And then there's some of us that bless God that God has truly uh, brought forth out of this for this hour, out out from amongst them. And we are the remnant which uh, is talked about. In the book of Amos, we're going to start in the 8th chapter of the book of Amos, and we're going to do the 11th verse. And I've got quite a few uh, scriptures, but I want to start here because it says in Amos 8, 11, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now, you know, we're, we're at that time. As I said, this next verse says it best, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and the young men faint for thirst. And, and, they're going to, and, they're, and what are they fainting from? Because they can't find the word of God. And we are th- that generation uh, upon whom this is uh, meant uh, by the old prophet Amos uh, when he said that, that he said that they'll wander from sea to sea. You know, I, 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 as traveling, uh, the way that we travel and minister, there's so many, many things that I that I see. So many things that I, I I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the emphasis that are being put in so many different areas. Uh, people going so many different directions, and I quite frankly question whether the direction they're going is the way God intends for us to go as the remnant. Uh, however, everybody has to make their own choices. They have to do their own thing, and, and bless God, again, there are a lot of voices. Now, we're going to talk about some of that uh, during this uh, study that we're going to do about the remnant, uh, because we are the remnant of the people. Uh, God promised that he would bring that remnant out in the last days, and uh, he would speak how to our hearts. Uh, he didn't come and knock on the door. He didn't send a carrier pigeon. Now, bless God, he didn't uh, send an email. Uh, but what he did do was he spoke to our hearts and we came out. And now that we're out, and, and finding these people all over the United States and all over the world, actually, it's really quite uh, quite a thing to know that people are small groups, and it, it would start in a small way. But as I keep saying over and over again, watch it as it begins to multiply. Watch it as it begins to grow, because it will grow. So behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So the words of the Lord evidently are going to be very rare. And I think, I think as it was, if you'll remember in the days of Eli, when, when, when Samuel was a young lad in the temple, that the, the word of God was precious, it said in those days. And which simply just meant that there, God wasn't speaking. There wasn't anybody, nobody was hearing, thus saith the mouth of God. The prophets and everything had been quiet for, for numbers upon numbers of years. And, and we're just actually the opposite today. Today, the world that we live in, everybody seems to be hearing the voice of God, and everybody wants to stand up and be heard and be thinking they're important and this and that and everything else. And, and like I said, we, we have got ourselves a real mess. Let's go to the book of Joel. And the, in the book of Joel, and, and uh, that'll be in the second chapter of Joel, the 28th verse. And, and we have heard this uh, uh, read and preached on, and, and I preached on it for years. But uh, let's look closely at this down through the 32nd verse, 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Now, if you'll remember when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, all right, just coming up here just shortly, Shabbat, the Feast of Weeks, and, and uh, he stood up and he said, uh, this is that which was prophesied by the old prophet Joel. 
And then he quoted, he quoted this and, and, and uh, uh, said that it should come to pass that he pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. The pouring out of the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh, upon all flesh came, sent by the Lord God himself on the day that we call Pentecost. And, and now, the, the, the thing of it is, though, that wasn't the end of the matter. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my Spirit, meaning everyone, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And that word delivered means saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now, that's very important to understand what he's saying here, because there's a remnant whom, what? The Lord shall call. So God is going to call the remnant. There isn't any, there isn't any arguments from the theologians or the, most of the ministers on the face of this earth that we are not dawning the very last days of the very last age of this, of this earth, that the Lord will return. Uh, so therefore we need to understand that being the truth. And when you look at this, you understand the remnant whom the Lord shall call, then, then He is calling that remnant. And this is, this is scriptural evidence that, that us being that remnant are being called. Again, the exciting thing to me about it is that it's happening in such a, a, a quiet, subtle way. And it's happening because people, and I've said for years, and I have, I have preached and I have prophesied for years saying there's something wrong with the church. It's not working. The power of God's not there. Uh, there's going to have to be a change and not even knowing what that change is going to be. But yet I was prophesying that and I was yelling at the top of my lungs that, that, that it was going to happen. Now it's beginning to happen just within the last few years. And I'm going to say last probably two to three years, maybe five years that there's truly been. I know if you look back, you can look back over 15, 18 years here uh, that, uh, that we have been pursuing this, this direction. But the fact of it is, the remnant is now coming back. Somebody had to plant seeds. And I realize now that God called me to plant a lot of seed. And I planted a lot of seed. I got a lot of dirty looks. I got a lot of uh, nasty comments. But I planted the seeds as God had me plant them. And through the planting of those seeds, what has happened is that that's the seed is not just me. Now, many people have done this, but the seed is coming up. And it's beginning to sprout. It's beginning to grow. And bless God, we're nurturing the ones that are now coming out, the remnant that, that God has chosen and has, has pulled them out. We're now beginning to nurture them, and they're beginning to grow even, even more and more and more. And bless God, as I said, the next three to five years are going to be exciting because we're going to see this thing absolutely just keep growing and growing and growing. And, and you know, for me as a minister, and hopefully for you as, as, as those that were part of the, the, the ones that God called out uh, to be the remnant, the exciting thing is to think that we have an opportunity to be on the very beginning of the last and greatest move that there will ever be on the face of this earth by the Lord God, Yahweh. I mean, to me, uh, how, how much more exciting could you, could you have it to be? Now, I realize there's a lot of things that's going to happen, a lot of things that's going to take place, but bless God, we're here and God's going to take, take care of us. Let's go back into the book of Ezra, and, and in the ninth chapter of Ezra, and we're going to read here uh, a portion of this chapter. I don't think all of it any means. So, yeah, I guess it is all of it. And uh, we're going to study down through the ninth chapter of the book of Ezra. Now, when these things were done, the princes came to me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Pezrosites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Moabites, and the Egyptians, and the Amorites. A lot of rites in there, aren't there? For they, for they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the prince and the rulers uh, hath been chief in, in this trespass. Now, it's important to understand what, what they had been told. They were, be, they were told that they were not to marry outside 
outside of the tribes. And the reason they weren't to marry outside of those tribes was that God didn't want to mingle and bring those, those people in and bring in their idea of God and the worshiping of God and all the things that they thought that, that they believed God to be. So what had happened here in Ezra's day, they had done just that. Now, in Ezra 9, 3, it goes, And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle, plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard, and set down a stone. Then were assembled unto, unto me everyone that, that trembleth at the words of the Lord God, uh, God of Israel, because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I was astoned, even the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice I rose up in my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God, and said, O oh my God, I am ashamed. And blush to lift my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass is grown up into the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day, and for our iniquities have we, our kings and our princes, have delivered unto the hand of the kings of the lands, uh, to the sword, to captivity, to spoil, to confusion of face, as it is this day. And now for a little space grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. And what he was saying, things that were tough, things have been tough, but there seemed to be just a little bit of a grace period. It's kind of like a hurricane coming, and when you get in the eye of the hurricane, it looks like the, 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 you know, the storm's over, and really it's just getting ready to get wound up and really get started again. Ninth verse says, For, for we were bondmen, yet our God had not forsaken us in our bondage, but, but had extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us a reviving, to set us up in the house of our God, and to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Now, well, he's saying God, God's making a way in the midst of all, all what they got themselves into. And now, O oh, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments. And, there, and it goes right back to that every time. Which thou hast commanded by thy servant the prophets, by who the prophets, saying, The land into which ye go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanliness. Now, therefore give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that ye may be strong and eat the good of the land and have it for an inheritance to your children forever. And after all this has come up upon us for our evil deeds and for the great trespass, seeing that thou, our God, hath punished us less than our iniquities deserve and hast given us such deliverance as this. In other words, he's saying, we didn't get punished like we probably should have been. Should we again break thy commandments and join in affirmative with the people of these abominations? Wouldst not thou be angry with us until thou hast consumed us? so that there should be no remnant nor escaping. O Lord God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. And that is the key to everything and every situation that man has ever been in or will ever be in with God. It comes down to the same thing. The thing that, the thing that, as a prophet, what we always do is beat, beat, beat on sin and talk about sin. Sin is the reason that we don't become as blessed as we want to be. In some cases, we aren't blessed at all. It's because we don't understand. The fact of it is, he's a merciful God. Uh, and, and he is merciful. And I, I think, uh, as Ezra was pointing out here, the remnant of this thing, and, the, and God bringing forth that remnant, and he saved a remnant out of this, just as he's always saved a remnant. But, you know, it took the people like Ezra, and the people today, the, the prophets that walk this earth today, and the people that are of the remnant, hearing the voice of God, and, and falling on their faces, and saying, look, we can't do anything about the way they're acting, 
but we sure can do something about us and our family, and we're going to do it, and we're going to pray that God be merciful to us. Now, let's, let's think about that for a minute, because this thing with, this thing with the bird flu, uh, H5N1, is coming. And, and, and there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I mean, uh, we, you know, the, the president himself has told us it's going to show up, has told us he's going to quarantine the nation, told us it's going to, there's going to be a police state that's going to come out of this thing. And, and so that, that all they're doing, they've told us, and you know, the, anytime the government's going to tell us something, you want to get ready, because usually they don't tell us. But now they're, they're beginning to tell us that this thing's going to happen. Now, this thing is judgment from God. It's judgment because of the way that this nation and this world lives. We have far gone outside of His commandment. We have done our own thing. And now we're at a place that we're about to reap what we have sown. Now, what is there about the remnant that God has pulled out and drawn out? Are they going to die with all the rest of these people? Absolutely not. Because what God has done by drawing out the remnant is He has they are people that are set aside. And that's probably a good thing to put in your notes and just use it as, as something that we're going to use for the meaning of remnant. It is, it is a people that is set aside. And God is setting us aside, and He is going to be merciful to us. Does it mean we're not going to go through this thing? Absolutely not. We're going to go all the way through it, the fact of it is, though, we're going to come out on the other side unscathed. Because two things. One, we are that remnant. We are those that have been set aside. Number two, God, as He always does, is going to tell the prophet or the prophets the way that you can escape, the way that you can be safe, the way this thing can pass over you. And, and you know, everywhere I travel in the United States, I seal people with oil, just as I've done here. And, and, and tell people, if you'll just, you know, keep the commandments, keep the commandments and the testimony of Yeshua Jesus, you'll find something out. That death angel will pass over you and yours. Now, with God doing this, as God has always done, see, even in the day of Ezra, and, and if you go on and read all that, and which we're not going to do this tonight, but you'll find out with Ezra that, that they had, they had the appointed time of, of going back and saying, look, we've got to do something about this, and they began to do something about it because of the fact why. Because once the prophet had cried out, the problem is, the problem is today, the people don't know really who to turn to. They really don't know who to call the prophet, who not to call the prophet. So things are a mess. Let's turn to Isaiah, the first chapter of Isaiah. The first chapter of Isaiah. And we're going to look in, uh, the, start in the second verse, Isaiah 1, 2. It says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. That doesn't sound good, does it? Uh, the, the ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know my people, doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a, se a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and purtifying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire, your land strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers at a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we would have been as Sodom, and we would have been like unto Gomorrah. Now, I want to stop here because I, 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 want, to, I want to use that for a moment. Because what we need to really understand is what, what was Isaiah, what was the prophet saying here? He said, if it, if it was not for the fact that we're God's people. See, we are His people. And if it wasn't for the fact that we weren't God's people, he said, we would have all been dead. There wouldn't have been a remnant come out of this thing. We would have all been dead, and it would have been over just like everything that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, save Lot and his family. 
And, and we're in the same situation now. God, God is not going to under, under any circumstances. I, you know, I think one of the things that I said over and over and over and over again, and probably you guys here have heard it for, for the last uh, three or four years, uh, that we've been here, maybe three years maybe by now, and the fact of it is, is just simply saying, uh, who are, who, what, what constitutes you being a child of God? What is it that you have to do? Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. That makes you a child of God. Is that what that's all about? Now, uh, those of you that are here, because we have studied, and, and, and rightfully so, you understand that it takes more to be a child of God than just to have Jesus come into your heart. We have diligently, and we have, uh, have uh, uh, taken that, I think, to all the depths that, uh, that uh, at this point I know to take it, that understanding that receiving Yeshua is that He came, became the, the Lamb of God, and through the, uh, through the shedding of His blood, we now have access unto the throne room of God. But in order for us to be children of God, we have to keep His commandments. We have to keep His rules. And, and that's exactly what was going on here. That's exactly what the prophet Isaiah was saying. He said, look, this, this thing, you, you, you guys, this, this nation has rebelled, and it's going to keep on rebelling. But then he turned right around, and after he got to this point, and let me read again, uh, he said, uh, he said, except the Lord, the ninth verse, Isaiah 1, 9, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. And he's just speaking to them just like they were Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that Sodom and Gomorrah long since was gone, but he goes right back and says, because you're acting that way, I'm going to call you that. He said, give ear unto the law of our God. And that, again, is the key to all this thing. They had got outside of the law. They got outside of the covenant. They were walking in their own ways, and when God gets a point where there's nothing else that can be done, we're going to read here after a while, when there's no other remedy, then then what comes? Then then comes the prophets, then the prophets begin to prophesy, and then it looks like all hell is breaking loose. Now, we we are seeing right now the, the, the remnant of God being pulled out. The prophets are standing up and they're prophesying, and they're pointing a finger at the church, pointing a finger at the world, pointing the world a finger at the United States and saying, look, judgment is at the doorstep and judgment's going to come. And it's coming because of this, 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 and this, and we have forsaken the living God. We have, we, you know, we, we, we have hoard among the, the, the nations. We've hoard among the, 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 the world. And we call ourselves a church and everything's going to be the same today as it was yesterday and forevermore. And, and the prophets are saying it's just not going to happen that way. That's not what's going to happen. The, the God is going to bring this nation, going to bring this world to its knees. And it, we're being brought to knees. But that doesn't mean that all of us are going to have, we're going to have to be here. We're going to go through terrible times, but because that we know our God and we serve Him, we keep the commandments and keep the, and keep the, bless God, the testimony of His Holy Son, Yeshua Jesus, you and I aren't going to have any problem getting through this thing. The sad thing is, is sitting back and watching these people that, bless God, that, that, that are going to, that are going to die. People that are not going to get through this. People that go to church every week, they, they go in and sit down and call you, you believe in what you believe the devil and point fingers at you, you're going to see them be put in the ground before this thing's over. And the fact of it is, it's not funny, but it's the truth. Now, he goes on to say in 11 verse, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I'm full of burnt offerings of rams and a fat of the uh, fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incenses, and abomination than me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling assemblies, I can away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn assembly. Now, I've actually had people take that and try to tell me that that's the reason we're not supposed to, to, to do, keep Sabbath, keep new moon, keep all that, because here he's saying not to. No, he's not saying not to. He's saying, you, you knuckleheads, you're living all this sin. You're still coming into my house, which is the temple of God. You're coming into my house, and you all these abominations. You're burning the incense. You're keeping the Sabbath. You're doing the new moons. You're doing the sacrifices. He said, I don't want no more of it. He said, it, it, in other words, he said, it's stupidity. It's not counting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, your soul, uh, my soul hateth. 
They are a trouble unto me. I am worried to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And he just flat saying, Boys, I'm going to tell you something. The game's over. The game's over. The game's over. And that's where we're at here in America in this world. And you see, America today, and I'm not going to use the world because if there's a bit of a, there's quite a bit of difference with the way the world views this as the way the United States and, 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 and nations like the United States and all you Britain and some of that, those nations view this. We are so arrogant, so heady and high minded that what we believe is we believe that all we have to do is go to church. Uh, go in and sit down, and bless God, when the day we give up the ghost, everything's fine, we're going to go to heaven. And that's basically what we believe. Uh, we don't, we believe, and then you get into the full gospel realm, and those people believe in a deeper walk with God. The problem of it is they still live in all the sin that they can live in and think that they can still get to heaven. And, and we've been looking very closely here over the last few months about how narrow the way is that leads into the gates of heaven. God said it's not wide, it's very narrow. And we have talked about those things. We've talked about the fact of the way that the churches are they're building the things that they're building and how the people here in this small community went without heat this winter and couldn't, you know, now it's going to be gasoline. And yet we've got, what, those fine temples that we're, that we're in, but yet we can't take care of those people, and that is an abomination to God. So when you get, when you get, when you look at this thing, it hasn't changed one iota. And that's kind of sad. But it's the truth. We're not changed any. Bless God, we're, st we're, we're just exactly as cantankerous as they were in the days of Isaiah. I don't think that, the, that these old prophets are any different than the prophets are today. We see the sin. We see what's going on. We, we, we read the visions, the dreams, and we give those things. And yet the people, they, you know, they just sit there and look at you like, you know, well, well what else is new? Let's go to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. And in the book of Jeremiah, we're going to look at... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't finish that. Go back over there. I'm sorry. I stopped at 15, and I want to go on down through that. 15. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll do the 16th verse. It says, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings, from before mine eyes cease to do evil. That's the key to all of it. But see, we don't think that it's evil not to keep Sabbath. We don't think it's evil not to keep new moon. We don't think it's evil... To, to not do the festivals. But as you see in God's eyes, we're evil because we don't do those things. That, 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 that we're evil because of that. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fathers, plead for the widows. Eighteenth, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So there isn't, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I believe, folks, that the, the thing that we need to really grasp onto is to understand that there is no middle of the road here. There is no safety zone where you just kind of get in limbo with this thing. Well, you know, uh, Lord, I, I, you know, I know that that Deckard and that group was out there ministering and preaching the, the, the new moon, the Sabbath, the festivals, and, and the covenant and all the things that they were doing. But, you know, Lord, you know, we're, we're the new covenant, and Jesus came. And, other, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, this is exactly what God is saying here. He's saying, if you'll be willing and obedient to His law, then you're going to eat the good of the land. But if you're going to refuse and rebel, then he says you're going to be devoured. There is no in-between this. And you know, the, the thing that I see with this, and the thing that I as a prophet know, that God wants everybody to get an opportunity to make a choice. And that's what I see. That's what I see with all this traveling that I'm doing, that he wants everybody to have an opportunity to make a choice. And, if they, and after you make that choice, then bless God, then you know something? then the choice that you make, the God in whom you have served, is going to have to be the God that's going to have to deliver you in the time of your trouble. And that's what that's where this thing's going to have to come to. Now, let's see, and what did I say? I got 20, didn't I? Now let's go over to the book of, uh, of Jeremiah, and the sixth chapter of Jeremiah, and we're going to start in the ninth verse. So I'm in Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, the sixth chapter of Jeremiah, the ninth verse. And it starts like this. 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall thoroughly clean glean the remnant of Israel as a vine. Turn back thine hand as grape gathers under the baskets. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? That was a question. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They, they have no delight in it. Now, that is exactly, again, as a prophet of God, is exactly what's going on now. The people, the people have, they, 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 they don't have an ear to hear. You know, we have talked many, many times about let those that have ears hear what they say at the mouth of God. Uh, but, you know, they can hearken. It's, it's a, the word of God is a reproach to them. That, well, no, we're not going to do that. You know, like, again, we've talked so many, many times. I mean, I've had people come up to me and say, I, you know, you've given up Jesus. And I, and, you know, I look at them, I say, well, who would be stupid enough to give up Jesus? I said, well, what, what's this about? Well, now, because you're a Messianic Jew, you don't, you don't believe in all this. And I said, oh, yeah, no, I believe in every bit of all this. In fact, I said, I not only believe in every bit of all this, I said, I believe in every bit of all that, meaning the covenant that God made with Israel and with all the world. And I said, and that's the difference, and, and that's exactly that's exactly where he's going to with all this. Now, in the eleventh verse, in the eleventh verse, he goes on to say, "Therefore, I am full of fury of the Lord; I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with his, the wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days." And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together, for I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covenants, and from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. And boy, is he getting after the batch. He said, it's everywhere. And, and you know, again, the paralyzation of this thing is exactly the same today. It's everywhere. We've got so many false teachers. We've got so many false prophets that are standing and saying, Thus saith the Lord God, and most of which, bless God, isn't hearing from God, not one iota, but yet they're standing and they're prophesying. And, you know, again, I travel traveling at this point, this country, this nation, and I'm trying to tell people, look, if all these knuckleheads have to do is to come in and give you a word of knowledge, that doesn't make them a prophet. The prophets give words of knowledge, but words of knowledge are something that I would say is probably the least of what prophets really are all about. And yet we, these, these guys in the United States and gals in the United States have built big kingdoms for themselves because they are given words of knowledge and everybody is saying the prophet, the prophet. Well, the fact of it is for standing prophets, it takes time and it takes, bless God, the visions, the dreams, the visitations. It takes time to, bless God, to, to, to judge those things to see whether they come to pass or they don't come to pass. And it's very simple. And, you know, and I keep saying to these guys and gals, I keep saying, you know, that you're prophesying things and they don't come to pass, and then you stand up and give some reason why it didn't, it got, it got stayed, that God held, held it back, and, and thus saith the mouth of God. I said, I said, come on. I said, God, you know, God can stay things. Don't misunderstand me. God can hold things back. But the big fact of the matter of it is, you can't make a living calling yourself a prophet of God on the face of this earth, and every time you, something doesn't work out, it, God held it back. If God held something back one time in, 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 in a prophecy, that would be something. I've done this for 30 years, and I've never seen God ever, ever hold back the judgment which I have prophesied through the open visions that I have that was to come to pass. They came to pass. And I don't believe that. I believe what we're doing is that we're with these guys that if they miss this time, they'll come up with an excuse, and then they'll go out here and miss the next time, they'll come up with another excuse. And what they're really doing is what? They're, 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 they're prophesying lies. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Now, it, it says, uh, 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 let's see, did I do, let's see, even into the pre, yeah, 14 first. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. In other words, uh, just saying peace, peace makes them feel better. But bless God, that's not what this thing's about. 
See, and that's what's going on now. We, we still have a lot of these people saying, oh, if, you know, the, a guy like Deckard, he's a gloom and doom preacher. Just don't pay attention to him. God's going to take care of us. It's peace, peace. We're the New Testament saints, and nothing can by any means harm us or hurt us. Well, we're going to find out about that, aren't we? Fifteenth uh, verse. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where, the, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest in your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Now there again, God has given them, uh, given them an idea here, or, or given them, uh, bless God, some direction, if you will. And He's just flat saying, saying, "Get your place, stand ye in the ways, and seek and ask for the old paths." Now there, that is a that is a key, and you need to remember that as being a key. Ask for the old paths. What are the old paths? The old paths go all the way back, go all the way back when the Lord God said, "Let there be light." Those were the old paths. The old paths when the Lord God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When the Lord God spoke to Moses face to face. When the Lord God passed it down through the prophets, and that prophets stood and prophesied and, 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 and rebuked the people from time to time because they would not stay in the old ways, the old paths. But what is he saying here? He's saying that, bless God, he said, he said that we will not walk in therein. And that's really what they're saying today. I prophesy again all over this nation. And I hear people, no, we won't walk in that. No, that's not a God. We will not walk in those ways. It's not a bit different than what was going on in Jeremiah's day. And, and what the Lord God was saying, you better search out. You better find those old paths. You better ask for the old paths. Because you see that it's the old paths that's going to lead you into the things that you're going to need for the coming days on the face of this earth. 17th verse, also I, I set watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet, but they said we will not hearken. What is the sound of the trumpet? The sound of the trumpet in this day and age is the voice of the prophets saying, repent you, repent you, for once again the kingdom of God is at hand. And, 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 and they won't hearken to the sound. They won't, but, but they won't hearken to that. 18th verse, therefore hear ye nations and know, O congregations, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And that's where we get in trouble with God every time. That we reject, we reject what God is telling us to do. Now when we reject what God is telling us to do, then, then what we're doing, then we are going what? We're living in evil. And, and you see, it's hard. In fact, the church absolutely cringes at the very thought that anybody could even have the audacity to say to them that, bless God, that you're living in evil. Because they're going into a church once or twice a week, some of them three times. They're sitting down, they're singing songs. Uh, some of them raise their hands, bless God, they're, they're reading Scripture, and they're going home. And they believe that they have fulfilled everything that there is because they believe that Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua Jesus, that, that, that he came and, and, and as Psalm was saying, that the father retired and the son took over the business. And that's not what happened. Not at all. Let's go further. Now, uh, to what person cometh the, uh, uh, let's see, am I, yeah, uh, 21st. To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba and the sweet and, and sweet cane from a foreign country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Now he's saying exactly the same thing that we just that we just uh, got into in, with Isaiah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. Now, this is big-time stuff. Now, what is he saying? He said, I will put a stumbling block before them. I will become, uh, I will become a stumbling block. Isn't that exactly what we have studied? That, that Jesus become, Yeshua became a stumbling block to the Jew. And, and God said, he said, I will make him a stumbling block. 
right in the right in the scriptures. And yet the Jews have been blinded by God. They haven't. They can't fully see or understand that at this point in time. But what we can see and understand is that we're blinded also the other direction. And yet God is telling, saying right here is the fact that bless God that that we will become. He'll put a stumbling block before us. Now, twenty-two. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. And they shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea, and they ride upon horses set in array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. We have, be, we have heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble. Anguish, anguish hath taken hold of us, and pain as a woman in travail. Go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy and the fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth, and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as of a holy, as an only son, most bitter lamentation, for the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people, that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous, revolters, walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. The bellows are burned. The lead is consumed to the fire. The founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Retrobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Now, you know, once that the prophets have come, uh, and 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 you know, for me, uh, I see my job simply as no different. I, I suppose is what they did, and I'm not trying to compare myself with these uh, these prophets. I'm just saying prophets' jobs, especially if if you walk in places like God has called me to walk in, then our place is to do what? Our place is to go forth and pronounce judgment. That's our place to do. And then God God will do what? Then God will open up the heavens. And he will pour forth the judgment. And that's really what I'm doing now across the United States. I am going forth and prophesying judgment has come. Judgment is at the door and it's going to come in. You better get ready. You better prepare. You better look back to the old paths, the old ways. And you better, you better get before the Lord God and understand what's going on. Because if you don't, then you and your family are probably going to die before this thing's over. That we are at the beginning, and and you know again, folks, if this was only going to be a one-time thing, if it was just going to be one thing that was going to happen, but look at all the things that are happening now on this earth, from the fires, from the storms, from you know the, all, everything, the, the, the earthquakes, the volcanoes, the mudslides, the rains, the floods, all this stuff is happening over and over and over again. Just exactly what I prophesied ten years ago and said it was going to happen, begin to happen, and it would be more and more frequent, they'd get stronger, and, and it's all taken place. Exactly what God brought out of my belly. Now, what does it mean? Judgment is here. Uh, judgment is here. The people don't want to repent. The people don't have any intentions of repenting. All right? But again, there is that remnant. There is that set aside that God is calling forth. And that's what's important in this thing, because God has always kept a remnant, even as the old prophets had identified uh, back as we read. Let's go, let's go to Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, and in the, first, in the first verse. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there the word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye, Judah, all ye of Judah, that enter in these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. So what is he doing? He's prophesying again, isn't he? Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Now that's really what we're doing. We're saying, well, the church, the church, the church. Everything is a church. He said, don't be, and what he's saying, he said, said trust not in lying words that are saying these things. These are lying words when people say, oh, my safety and my peace is because I'm within the church. And everything's going to be okay because we're, we're Christians. And, and we're saying exactly the same thing, only in just a different way in today's world in which we live. Now, he goes on to say uh, uh, in the fifth verse, For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, 
If ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to hurt your, uh, uh, to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. Boy, what a promise. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. And that's really what's going on here. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you knew not? And come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? That's a, he's asking a question there. Now, is that any different? You know, you know we, we went through something that I think that was really something when we had the conference here on the anointing. And we had people fast three days and three nights and came in and we began to, we began to talk to people about how, it, how you've got to get your heart clean. You've got to be cleansed on the inside. You've got to repent. You've got to get away from this judgmental spirit. You've got to get away from these the, 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 you know, lips that bless God that uh, want to slander and, and bless God to sow discord. You've got to get away from these things. Get away from the bitterness. Get away from the hatred. You've got to get clean before God. Well, see, so, somehow in the church world, we're delivered to do all this stuff. We've been delivered to do that. We're delivered to judge. We're delivered to do these things. And that's exactly where this thing was coming through here. Now, verse says, Is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? That's exactly what the church has become. Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place which is in Shiloh, which I set by my, by, set my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. In other words, he says, You need to go back and look real, real closely at this thing, examine this thing, and see what's going on. And now because ye have done all speaking, but ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not, wherefore will I do unto this house which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and to this place that I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done in Shiloh? And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Now there's bringing up Ephraim again. And we know Ephraim was what? The ten tribes that went to called the northern kingdom, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, after Solomon's death, the kingdom was divided or rent in two. And Ephraim went north, and he sent the whole seed of Ephraim. They had been cast out, and God cast them out. Therefore pray not for thou this people, neither lift up or cry, nor pray for them, neither make intercession for me, for I will not hear thee. Now I'm going to tell you something. That is strong stuff. And I have said that across this nation, and I will continue to say that across this nation. You're wasting your time to intercede at this point in time. You better intercede, and you better do it for your, you and your family, and you better prepare yourself because destruction will come, and it's, on, it's coming. It's already here in a mild sense, but it's coming in a great big way. And you need to understand, there's no sense to pray for this nation. There's no reason to pray for this world any longer. Judgment has been set. Now, there's prophets running around now, calling themselves prophets, saying, well, we got one more chance. God said we have one more chance to repent. No, there's no more chances to repent. It's over. We have been turned over to a retrograde mind to believe a lie. And the remnant in which God has chosen, He is pulling us out. Now listen, and He is separating us. He's drawing us out and separating us so that we will be a what? A peculiar people unto Him. A special people unto Him. And He will, because why? He will honor us because we have dared go against, cross grain, or in my case, I'm always using the words, we, we've, we've managed to hair lip the church. And the church doesn't like it. They don't like us. They don't like what we're proclaiming. But the fact of the matter is, if they can show us a better way, we're willing to sit down and listen. But they can't. They don't have a plan. The plan that they have is still, oh, sweet Jesus, we're going to fly away in some rapture, and everybody else is going to be on, left on this earth to go through the hell that's coming. And, oh, are they wrong, and they're really wrong. And this thing is going to prove itself out. And I said, the neat thing about this, we're not going to have to wait how many generations to find out. We're going to find out right here, right now, in this generation. And that's what I think is neat about this thing. All these times of all this stuff that people blowing their mouth off about the rapture, blowing their mouth off about this, blowing their mouth off about that, they're going to find out. We're going to know in this generation, in this time. 
and you can't hardly ask for anything to to, to come out any stronger, I, I suppose, Zamford uh, to come out like that. Now, 17th verse. Seeing thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, the children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offering unto other gods uh, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do not, they do not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man, upon beast, upon the trees, the fields, upon the fruit of the ground, upon the, uh, and it shall burn and shall, shall not be quenched. So he said, I'm going to, you know, he said, I'm going to pour this out. I'm going to get this done and I'm going to do it exactly like I chose to do it. No matter, no matter what you might think or what you might say about it. Now, you know, again, when you begin, begin to realize that God is pouring that out upon the fields, upon the trees, upon the animals, upon everything, that's exactly what we're, what's going on with the way God is judging this earth even now. Everything is suffering for it. Now, I said something and made a statement here uh, two or three different times that, that I said that God is going to cause America to once again bring the land to a Sabbath. And, and I don't think that, I don't think that anybody has quite grasped the hold of the depth of what I'm saying as of yet, but the fact of it is that God is going to cause America. See, we're supposed to let the land rest. The reason we've got so much cancer from our foods and the way we're doing all this stuff that we're doing out in these fields is because of all these chemicals that, that are put, put, put on the fields. And, and of course, everybody said, well, we've got to have more food. We've got more people to feed. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. But if we'd done it God's way, it would have multiplied it and it would have worked. But we didn't. And now what we've done, we've burnt the earth up with all these chemicals. We're, we're forced, we're forced growing this food that's not, that's not nutritious any longer. People are getting cancer. People are dying from this stuff. And bless God, and, 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 we're, and we're for the most part still trying as a government to hide all that because we're trying to do what? We're trying to get the people full. You know, uh, the, 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 they thought it was just fine to, for McDonald's to be McDonald's, and now McDonald's is out here trying to figure out a way to tell the people how not to be fat. But when you start, to, when you start to reading and studying all of it, bless God, there was no other way. Why? Because we called it fast food. Well... It wasn't just fast food. What it was was fast death. And now it's brought, it's come upon us, and now we've got more obesity in this nation uh, than, than, bless God, than, than most nations across the face of this earth because we have what? We have defiled the living God. Verse 21, Thus saith the Lord, the host, the, the God of Israel, Put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and, and eat flesh, for I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day, and I brought them out of the land of Egypt. Uh, concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this thing uh, commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Now there again, that's his advice. That's his advice. He said, and he said, that, he said, that's all I do. Obey my, do what I've told you to do. Walk in, walk in my, all the ways that I've commanded you. And it will be well with you. Now, what's it going to take for us to understand that? What's it going to take for us to understand that? You know, when I, when I get to preaching and I get to preaching on Deuteronomy 28 and we go through those first uh, um, 14, 15 verses there and talk about all the blessings that go with all that and then the rest of the chapter, and like I said, when you go back there and you take those words and break those words down, uh, everything that's back there in the latter part of that, saying that if you don't keep and do all, observe and do all of His commandments, then all these curses will come upon you, and every one of those curses sit in every church in, in the world today. Because why? Because we have, blessed God, walked contrary to God's commandments. And bless, and, and you know the church says, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe. Well, look, you don't have to. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be. A, you don't have to be a, a medical doctor. Just look at all this stuff that's in the church. Now, what did he, God say? He said, "It will be well with thee. It will be well with thee." And, and if you look at the translation of that, it just means that bless God, you'll be uh, our uh, the way our adage that we use: healthy, wealthy, and wise. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in, in counsels. 
and in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. He said they wouldn't listen. Now, does that sound like the church today? Absolutely. The church is not going to listen. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, and to this day I have even sent unto you all my servants, the, the, the prophets, daily rise up early and send in them. He said, I've sent them all the way there. And you know something? He's still sending the prophets today. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Now, I've often said that I think we did worse than Sodom and Gomorrah here in this nation. Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and Prophet Tom Deckard and his wife Donna will be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.